To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Are you trying to get crazy with this thing? Don't you know I'm local? Happy week, everyone. Jay here, positivesarcasm.com. Happy week. What's that all about? I should just stick with what you know. Stick with what you do normally. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com. Find me on Twitter, at POS Sarcasm. Go to Minds, Minds, M-I-N-D-S, dot com. Look me up there, Positive Sarcasm. Instagram, at Positive underscore Sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook, the all-knowing Russian colluding Facebook, Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm. You can also, if you want to stream me every week or whenever I'm on, I will let you know. Twitch.tv slash Positive Sarcasm 1. So you can find me on all the social medias. You can email me directly. Directly. Straight to the hand of God. Positive Sarcasm at Outlook.com. I do not use Gmail. They're watching you. They're watching everything you do. Shh. Google's listening. Shh. Do you hear them? Do you hear what I hear? Google's fucking evil. You can find me. You can email me directly, positivesarcasmatlook.com, or you can go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the contact slash donate section, and you can view my tweet storm there, or basically all my, of course, retweets of Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson. <laughs> um, and then you can contact me with all your information there. I'll be happy to. And, of course... I do not market your data out to any other uh, group or company or whatever. Any information you share with me stays private unless otherwise strictly told to do so. If you need your posing music for your next physique fitness show, you can uh, look up some of the demos I've created and you can request your cut actually directly through me. All donations are appreciated. You can go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. I've already stated that I think at least twice and probably once during the intro. Mmm. Sip in the Cafe Caribe. I wanted to get to that last week, uh, but Johnny Monotone stopped by, so I, um, I I cut it up for 45 minutes with him. Uh, like my movie reviews, I cut to... Well, stalling out already. Like my movie reviews, I base, I base my coffees on a five-star system. So, for example, let's see. Uh, the Avengers Infinity War, I gave four out of five stars. I don't give four and a halves. I don't get three and a halves. There's no halvesies. Okay, so a three-star movie that was really good and a three-star movie that was just good enough, hey, just how it is. Or a three-star movie that's different from another three-star movie. Hell, I gave Transformers Revenge of the Fallen fucking five stars, but that's because I love that movie. And you know why? Because it was a movie about giant... Transformers are giant fighting robots, okay? So the question is, how good can you make a movie about giant fighting robots? What do you do in a movie about giant fighting robots? Um... You get a lot of robots to fight, and you make them as big as possible. So that's what Michael Bay did, and that's why I liked it so much. Okay? Sorry. Don't have to tell you. You don't like it? Go to Rotten Tomatoes. They fucking... they don't. They, their ratings are bullshit anyways. Same with IMDb. Everything's either a 6.2 or a 7.9. There's nothing else. But if you want to review my movie reviews, you can go to PositiveSarcasm.com and click on the movie reviews. Um. Anyways, back to coffee here before I stray off. Yeah, ADHD misdiagnosed. Um. They are all based on a on a five star system. 
Coffee is an important, is an integral part of any fitness athlete, uh, normal office worker, or any human being who likes to enjoy their Sunday morning. Easy like Sunday morning, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, it's why yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is important. It's one of those things, if you were going to pay for, what did Quentin Tarantino say in Pulp Fiction? Uh, when my wife buys coffee, she buys the shit. I buy my own coffee because when I, I when I buy it, when I buy my coffee, I want to taste it. So I love good coffee. And I also like making sure that I get my money's worth of the coffee I, coffee I buy. The coffee of this program is, of course, is Cafe Bustelo. Cafe Bustelo comes in a yellow, as I've said at least three or four times, but you guys either weren't listening or probably not watching, which I can understand either or. Mm. Speaking of which, speaking of which, speaking of which. If you wanted to listen, you can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Google Play Music. You can subscribe subscribe to my RSS feed through all those locations. Uh, let me know if I should get on SoundCloud. If that's an actual thing that I should do, I don't know. I'm 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 getting old. I'm I'm starting to miss a, I'm starting to miss up on the technologies here. Um, Cafe Bustello is it comes in a yellow pouch or comes in a a yellow canister. The yellow pouch is inexpensive. It's like two ninety nine for the yellow pouch, like ten ounces. Cut the top off. Now for the money, it's a um, a Brooklyn-based coffee. It's not Brooklyn. No, it's it's now packaged in Cuba in uh, Miami. It's Cuban as Cuban inspired. It's not as intense. It's not as intense as pure Cubano coffee that you'd get in like Fort Myers or Miami or whatever. But it is damn good for the money. If you're spending two ninety nine for a pouch of coffee, a legit not a, not a six ounce pouch, but a fucking ten ounce pouch of coffee. Okay, normal canisters or normal bags of coffee are about 10 to 12 ounces. For $2.99, it's one of the best coffees I've ever had. Easy to okay, I mean, really. Ground coffee. It's one of the best ground coffees I've ever had. Um, I'm a person, and I mean, I used to drink a lot of Starbucks uh, Sumatra blend. Sumatra blend was definitely one of my favorites. Their Christmas blends were great too. But there's something about Cafe Bustello, which there was a, a really good, strong, deep flavor to it. It's not a hard coffee to make. Goes great with cream. Goes great with sugar, but goes great black, completely by itself black. So I have a value system for it. But I decided to try another pouch. There was a, I guess you'd call it a knockoff brand, because this shit's made in Staten Island, bro. This shit's weak, bro. You're fucking weak, bro. Um, called Cafe Caribe. Uh, I can tell you right now, this thing ain't Caribe. It's definitely Cafe. Uh, this stuff is made, this stuff is made in Staten Island. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. It's, but it's not Bustello. Not in any stretch of the imagination. So I bought it. I figured I'd review it. And I want to review any coffee I have on here. I think coffee is important. It's integral to everyone's part of their life. So if you're going to buy something, you definitely want to get your money's worth. Cafe Caribe, it's not a bad coffee. It's definitely a breakfast blend. Okay. It's got a little bit of bite to it, but really not enough for somebody of my palate. You know, my, you know, my million dollar palette. Um, so I'm like, all right, well, let me compare the two. Which of the value are you actually getting a true coffee for? Then we based it, I based it on a five star system. So for, for, uh, for value, they come in the same exact size package. So they have about a 10 ounce pouch. Uh, for the value, Cafe Bustella runs anywhere between $2.50 and maybe three and a quarter at the most. Normally, you'll find it for about $2.99 versus Cafe Caribe, which costs usually about, I'd say, uh, 50 cents to a dollar and a half more. 
Now, if they're the same size and basically based on the same type of coffee, which is diner coffee, only stronger diner coffee based on like an ethnicity, you know, Cuban blend, then Cafe Bustelo, for the value of it, is actually cheaper. So there's your value. Boom. Five stars for two ninety nine. Where a normal pouch of uh, what is it? Fair trade dark roast or fair trade medium roast or donut shop donut donut shop coffee will cost you around four to five dollars. Okay, so Cafe Bustelo gets five stars for being significantly less expensive than the Cafe Caribe and any other brand out there. Unless you're buying like Folgers fucking crystals, in which case you just don't care about life at all. You don't. That's disgusting. Okay, your coffee grounds should not just dissolve. That's okay. Where to know if you are drinking like coffee out of a French press or whatever like that? Make sure that you don't just gulp it all the way down to the bottom because you will be choking on some coffee grinds. All right, because not all, uh, even the Bodums. The Bodums are like a nice French press that you can get for like 15, 20 bucks. They don't stop all the grinds from getting to the bottom of the coffee. So don't feel like you have to pound the whole thing um, unless you really need the fiber. Mm. So for the value, Cafe Bustelo versus Cafe Caribe, five stars for Cafe Bustelo, three stars for Cafe Caribe. Flavor-wise, Cafe Bustelo is an all-around good coffee. It will not blow your socks off, but it is a very good flavor. I won't try to go put it up against, like, say, a Starbucks uh, whole bean Sumatra or, like, an Illy's or, like, the, the Cubano coffee that I had in uh, Fort Myers, which is the best coffee I've ever had. Ever. And some of the percolator coffee that my mom used to make. My fucking mother! Um, but overall, very solid flavor. A solid three stars for Cafe Bustelo. Now, I don't mind Cafe Caribe, but I do find it disappointing that if you're going to make a coffee, I want it to taste somewhat better than Folgers Crystals. And for the most part, and I base this straight on black. All black. Um, like your sister prefers. Three stars for Cafe Bustelo for having a solid flavor. Cafe Caribe is a good coffee, but overall, if you're a person who enjoys drinking their coffee, I am slightly disappointed in it. So I'm going to give it a solid two stars. Okay. A solid two stars. I don't, I don't think there is such a thing as a solid two stars. There's a solid three stars, which I give Cafe Bustelo. But Caribe, three stars for value, but two stars for overall flavor because it just can't compete with Cafe Bustelo. I think on its own, it would probably fare better star-wise, but if you're going against the all-courageous Bustelo, you're not going to win that battle, bro. You're not. Not for value and not for flavor. So, uh, Cafe Bustelo, once I'm finished with Caribe, I'm coming back. Come back into your warm, luscious arms. So, uh, Cafe Bustelo, you can pretty much find it anywhere. Anyways, on today's program... Uh, I'm working on the algorithm. I don't know shit about algorithms. I'm working on the overall format. Sometimes my format is a little loose in this program, which is perfectly fine, because this is the core, the unfiltered, raw, open mic core for PositiveSarcasm.com, okay? This is where all of my thoughts, all of my heart, all of my emotions just gets vomited out into the microphone with a loose set of notes and, of course, my fact-checking on the internet with all my articles and re relative information. 
So the, there, there is a loose format, but I tend to stray from it, and I'm not going to hold back generally on anything that I say, even if, the, even if it doesn't come to an actual coherent sentence. I'm going to try to spill it out anyways onto the microphone because you never know. I could always look back on it or somebody can inquire about what the hell I was talking about, and I can go back and review it and be like, hmm... Because I review every single podcast when I'm when I finish them. I and that's after I put it up. So if it's just me doing the podcast, okay, uh I cut it, edit it, and it goes right up. I actually don't even cut it. I just add intro and outro and then it goes up. Uh and then I review it through Podcast Addict and I make sure that it, the the sound, the actual sound sounds clean. That's what I care about. Okay. And as long as the sound sounds clean, it's good to me. And then I just review what I say. I have some internal thoughts about it, and then I move on to the next ep- next week's episode. Uh, and then I continue. And then I basically stop thinking about the podcast for about a day or so. And then I go back to reviewing certain articles and other thoughts, other random thoughts that I have, movie reviews, and other topics of that nature that may come across my plate. But I generally do want to work on the format. Um, I do want to get into more articles and read some more whole art articles that I have an interest in. Nothing, you know, nothing that that you can't find on like CNN or Fox News. I will steer away from that. Um, more towards stuff that I think is important or kind of funny and maybe something I can quickly comment on. But stuff that's easy to digest so I can move on to the next article. And then once I get through these articles and make comments on them and things that are nutrition-based or technology-based or... Uh, Sometimes culturally based. Then I or then I will move on to movie reviews, and then I will close out with maybe another topic or two, and close out the show because it is only an hour long. An hour is more than enough time for me to spell out enough thoughts and drain my brain of all the craziness that's inside of it, so I can move on to everything else. Speaking of freaking craziness, all right. Uh, let me get to. Yeah, so last week, all right, health and wellness is definitely a big thing on this podcast. I was going to talk about the South Sudanese wedding that I shot this weekend, but um, maybe I should save that towards the end. I'll just say that towards the end because I don't know what to think of that right now. So we'll just start with health and wellness. Um, as you guys know, or maybe you don't, mm, right now I am drinking Cafe Caribe with heavy cream, just to let you know. I have officially kicked all, pretty much all of my uh, starch-based carbohydrates from my diet at this point. I'm trying to cut weight. I'm trying to lower most inflammation that I generally don't need. Inflammation isn't necessarily a bad thing, but right now I am trying to remove all the excess glucose from my body so I can start to cut a little bit because I haven't been able to do uh, morning cardio, so I've been really strict, much more uh, stringent on my diet requirements. You know, the avocados, the creams, the butters, things like that. Not necessarily keto, although I'm sure I'll be in ketogenic states a lot more often. Um, but I'm at like 192 pounds right now, about 192 pounds, which is pretty. It means I either gain, I either gained a lot of fat or a lot of and a lot of muscle this winter because I, the way I look right now, obviously, yeah, I gained fat during the winter because this is a full time and a long time that I've gone full blown bulk, and it's the heaviest I've ever been. So, which is great, but as soon as I kick the glucose most of the glucose out of my diet, my, you know, my strength went way down and I'm still also, I, I still feel weak cause I'm recovering from this weekend's wedding that I did video for. But now, now that I, I have to come up with creative ways of making my food taste good or making my food taste interesting. And one of the easiest ways to do it is mustard or hot sauce. 
If you know any competitive fitness person or competitive bodybuilder, competitive physique athlete, one of their go-tos is freaking either hot sauce, salts, um, or freaking mustard. Uh, hot sauce is important because hot sauce is a metabolism booster. It has metabolistic values. Uh, capsaicin, the heat, shit like that. It's just, you can look that stuff up. But yeah, it does have a lot of value as far as digestion and diet and flavor but after watching hot ones hot ones is a show with uh hosted by not chris evans sean evans it's not captain america uh sean evans and he hosts hot ones it's basically six wings and a famous guest and each get each time they eat a wing they have to, they answer a question so it's an interview mixed with really hot wings and every question the next wing the wing gets considerably hotter how hot are you talking about well from some of the Scoville units that they're listing on there, it starts out around like, you know, like a 500 Scoville units. Scoville is the measurement unit of measurement for heat uh, in, in peppers, peppers or chilies. And it's based on an act. It's based on an ingredient, well, not an ingredient, but an item called capsation, capsation or whatever. And it's basically that's what triggers the Scoville unit to rise. Um, there, you know, anything from a jalapeno, which is a couple thousand at the most for cat, for, um, Scoville units. Then it goes up to like a haban habanero. Then there's the ghost chili. Then there are the scorpion. And then it gets up to something like ridiculous called the, this thing called the Carolina Reaper. Okay. And McBrinty on stream chat says, Hata Blavit. Um, that's definitely a different language. Hey, hello there to you as well. Thank you for uh, stopping by the stream. Um, so I was uh, I, I was like, all right, well, you know what? I'm gonna try to heat up my heat up my my, my palate and warm up my palate to, to more hot sauces because all as if I'm gonna be changing up my diet so that I can start to lose weight and start to cut out and get fucking shredded. For the summertime, um, let's try some hot sauces. There's a company out there called Badia, B or B Badia, whatever it is, B A D I A, B A D I A uh, hot sauces, and you can find them at pretty much any grocery store. Now, there's a lot of there's a lot of hot sauces out there. There's all kinds of shit, and their Scoville unit can be all over the place. Um, and I suggest if you have a certain palate or a certain requirement or a certain limit to what kind of hot sauce you can have, uh, I would strongly suggest you look it up first or inquire before you eat it. And also because sometimes the units that's listed on the on the bottle may either not be there or they may be incorrect. So just keep a note of that. Now, I started with uh, B-A-D-I-A or Badia or Badia, whatever you want to call it. We'll call it Badia. Habanero sauce. Uh, habanero sauce. It, habanero peppers are pretty friggin' hot. Okay? Habanero sauce is basically when you've graduated from the jalapeno. The jalapeno used to be like, the, oh my god, it's so spicy. Jalapenos now are like snacks at Applebee's. They ain't shit. So habanero is the next one. Habanero is definitely not something to play with if you are a newbie to um, hot peppers. So, and for example, if you just take a hot a habanero and you just throw it in your mouth and chew on it, you're gonna get, you're gonna feel it. And if you're a newbie, it's gonna hurt. And it also, if you get it on your fingers and you rub it in your eyes, you rub it in your skin, it's gonna become an irritant. Okay. But a habanero, you know, for the most part, a habanero has significant flavor. It'll heat up any dish. It goes great with curry. It goes great with soup. Um, if you need to sweat things out, it's great for digestion, that's for sure. 
Now, uh, like I said, Body of Spices, uh, they make a habanero sauce. A straight up habanero sauce with like vinegar and a, maybe a few other ingredients. That's about it. I reached out to, uh, actually, they I, I tagged them on Instagram because I said I was going to be starting that, and I first I was going to start first with with Badia. And they were they're they're a trusted brand, and I sent them a message asking. I sent them on Twitter. I'm enjoying your habanero sauce, and we will be discussing the spicy food on today's podcast. Did you happen to have the Scoville unit level, the Scoville heat level for your habanero and ghost sauce? Sincerely, P.S. Because on Badia's sauces, they don't have the units on there. Maybe because, I mean, then again, maybe you don't need it. I mean, if you see habanero or you see uh, ghost pepper, you know what the fuck you're dealing with normally. But on, like, Hot Ones with Sean Evans, they these some of these sauces go up to, like, 2 million. I don't even know what that... I can't even fathom what they taste like. So I figured, all right, let's start. I'm okay with with jalapenos. They're really no big deal. Okay, they tingle for a little bit. But the more you eat hot sauce, the more you or the more you eat peppers, you can get used to a lot of them. There are some that just don't go away no matter what you do. Some are just brutal no matter what. But every person's palate's different. Some people can handle it, and they're like, ooh, that's nice and smoky with a little bit of heat. Other people just die. Okay? So they said, they replied back. What the hell was that? They replied back, send us your email, and customer service will get back to you. So glad you like our hot sauces. And they put a little fire icon on there. <laughs> that's nice. Um, I said, okay, yeah, positive sarcasm at outlook.com. The habanero and the ghost pepper sauce, please. I was expecting the habanero sauce to be around like, I don't know, 10, 15,000 uh, Scoville units, which I, is not that much, but I guess that's a pretty good start. So they sent me this PDF, and I'm going to, sh- I'm going to check it out now. So a normal Chipotle pepper, their normal Chipotle sauce starts around 90 Scoville units, which is nothing. Okay. Your pea is spicier than that. Louisiana Cajun, 850. Chili, 850. Sriracha, 860. Sriracha ain't shit, bro. All right. And that's in the mild to hot category. Then it goes up to habanero. And I got to say, I'm kind of disappointed. Not in the sauce. Okay, because the sauce to me is hot. Because this is my first time venturing into it. Uh, Habanero pepper sauce through Badia is 5,400 Scoville units. So 5,400 Scoville units. And it also depends on how much you put in your food and what kind of food it is. If you mix it in with your food, then it won't be as hot. But if it's a coating, like a buffalo sauce with like chicken wings or stuff, it's going to get on your fingers and it's going to be right up front. It's going to be right up front. You're going to absolutely taste all of it and it's going to be plentiful. But that's the habanero sauce. I'm like, okay. I'm like, man, I'm soft. Then there's the ghost pepper sauce. I thought the ghost pepper one was going to be a lot hotter. I I ate it all day today. I mixed it in with my food all day. Shook it, put it in my... my eggs and ground beef and ate it right up and i handled it fine i think um the ghost pepper sauce is at fifteen thousand scoville units so three times as much as the habanero and to be honest i thought it'd be hotter i i did i really did i don't know maybe the other companies are inflating their numbers but fifteen thousand. okay so it 
Is it good? I don't know. It depends on what you mean by good. I was fine with it. It has a smoky flavor. It's got plenty of heat. It lingers for a while. You'll feel it in your stomach. But one of the reasons I've been eating a lot of hot sauce is because of the euphoric feeling I get afterwards. I notice that when I eat a when I eat a real hot sauce, or at least these, you know, habanero fifty four hundred Scovilles and ghost pepper sauce fifteen thousand, I get a euphoric feeling in my stomach. Like my, I, I feel pretty good here. My mind kind of clears out. My nose is obviously clear because that should have cleared you right out. And I get like this warm feeling right here in my forehead. And it kind of brightens my day. I get in a better mood. So, yeah, there's a euphoria there. That heat, that, that overall warmth throughout your body definitely makes you feel better. Like when you first drink, if you're cold and you drink coffee and you warm up, you feel better, you feel more alert. The hot sauce does a lot of the same thing. I actually just uh, sent it to, a message to one of my clients. I go, yo, to kind of kick that winter groove, why don't you start start eating some real hot sauce? Put more hot sauce in your diet just, just to see what it does for the hell of it. I've been playing with it, and I think, like, maybe that will get boost your mood a little bit. And this is a client who likes hot sauce. I go, eat more of it, and let's see how if you get a more euphoric feeling throughout your workday. But I've been trying it, and um, I do. I feel really. I feel a lot better just from eating hot sauce. You know, there are other myths and things that come, like you know, or whatever is that come with hot sauce. But this stuff, I do. I feel significantly better. My mood. My mood has improved. I mean, overall, my mood has improved because I just things have been going uh, significantly better. I've had a lot less setbacks. Things have been great lately. Um, and I look forward to them improving even more. I just got to stop spending so much fucking money. <laughs> I do. I, I buy the stupidest shit sometimes. Um, but for the most part, things are going relatively well. And uh, the Scoville thing is just like the icing on the cake. It's like, great. Now, 15,000 Scoville units. Okay, that's where I am at. I need to step my game up, and I need to start trying like things around like 30, 40, 50, and see where how how I react to it. And see how my body reacts to it and see if it's something I can have on like a daily or weekly basis and if I can get used to it. If that's the case, great. And it's a challenge. It is. At that point, it's a challenge. But I don't want to hurt myself during the process. But I don't think I will. I think overall, I'll just feel healthier. Um, I just need to know what else What else it concerns. Does it, you know, how does it help my, you know, what's the effect on my stomach? On the by the my gut biome on my digestional tract, you know, how does it overall help or hurt, or is it have zero effect on that? So I want to look through that a little bit more, and then when I get that information, I will obviously relay it to you folks. So Scoville units on the ghost pepper sauce that I had today was fifteen thousand, and the habanero was five thousand. Um, I recommend trying them both from a company called Badia, B A D I A. Very very nice customer service uh they get after you on um on social media too so if you tweet at them uh on twitter or if you hit them up on instagram they'll respond to you they'll absolutely respond to you i mean they're not they don't have a huge following they're like a few thousand that's about it but hey you know a few thousand a few thousand they still respond so kudos to them thank you guys for getting me the info i appreciate it. they emailed me directly with the info so and it's in a nice little pdf too i really love it I should have to show it to my friends. So be, uh, you can check them out at Body of Spices. You can tweet at them at Body of Spices, B-A-D-I-A Spices. Or you just check them out on Instagram. They got a red red logo with white lettering. 
So. Mm. Holy shit, we're 27 minutes in. What happened to me? Um, so I do want to check out a couple articles. Let's see. All right. Um, do I have time to get to this? I've been t- I've been freaking teasing this for like four fucking weeks now, and I haven't gotten to it. So I'm just gonna jump right into it, and then we'll move to some of the articles, and then we'll finish up with a movie review. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. I'm glad you approved. Okay. I s- put this out there uh, a few weeks ago. I was asked the worst movie I ever saw. Um, one of them was, uh, Turcotte asked me if it was Paul Gasari, and I said no. Paul, well, first of all, Paul Gasari was a 1985 movie developed and, developed and produced in North Korea by a bunch of kidnapped directors and actors, but it's basically a knockoff Godzilla. But for the record, no, that was not the worst movie I ever saw, okay? That movie actually had charm to it, for no matter how shitty it was. For the record, the worst movie I've ever seen, ever is 1976's Rudy Ray Moore's The Human Tornado. This was back when uh, black black exploitation movies were in full swing, like Disco Godfather and Blackula. This one is is basically, it's based on uh, Rudy Ray Moore Dolomite. Dolomite was a big character. Rudy Ray Moore was a a very blue comedian, uh, ethnic comedian back in the 70s. Um, I've never really seen too much of his stuff. There is some of his comedy in the beginning of the movie, and there's also some booty dancing involved in, in, in mixed in with it. I don't know. First of all, I don't know what the hell is going on in the beginning of this movie. Well, with this weird ass intro, but Human Tornado, 1976, an hour and 36 minutes. In my opinion, it's about one hour too long. It's an action, a comedy, and drama. <laughs> Definitely a comedy. Uh, I don't know why it has a 6.3 on IMDb. <laughs> Holy shit. I hope... Oh, I wonder if there's a Rotten Tomato score. I gotta look that up. Alright. Oh, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do that now. Let's do that. Let's look that up. Let's go to... Let's go to Rotten Tomatoes. R-O... Alright. We're gonna go to Rotten Tomatoes and we're gonna look up Human Tornado. Human... Human... T-O... R... Is that it? 1984? Wait. Okay, that's it. All right, hold on. Let's see. The Human Tornado. All right, it has no tomato meter, but it says that 70% of the audience liked it. Um, okay. So on IMDb, here's the problem. On IMDb, it's listed as it was 1976. But on Rotten Tomatoes, it's listed as in theaters 1984. Um, which one is it? That's like eight years apart. It's not like a margin of an, uh, you know, a year or two. Uh, okay. All right. There are three critic reviews for The Human Tornado. I'm going to go through each one. All right. Hunter Lanier of Film Threat. These are all cri- these are critic reviews. There's four of them. The Human Tornado is basically a variety show spliced into a Spliced into the plot are stand-up routines, belly dancers, fire swallowers, and musicians. This format fits the Dolomite character perfectly as it keeps the film within the appropriate context. Rating, 7 out of 10. What? What? What context are you talking about? 
All right. Cole Smithy of ColeSmithy.com. The most essential Dolomite movie make... The most essential Dolomite movie. Make sure to see the unedited version. How the fuck is there an edited version? And which one did I see? Cole Smithy of ColeSmithy.com. Wait. He removed this... He reviewed this movie twice? He did. How the fuck does that happen? Okay. Hold on a second here. Rudy Ray... Okay. Cole Smithy... February 26th, February 21st, 2008. The most essential Dolomite movie. Make sure to see the unedited version. Rating, 4 out of 5. Cole Smithy, November 17th, 2012. Rating A. Rudy Ray Moore's signature style of guerrilla exploitation filmmaking is as defiant, ribald, and outrageously funny as anything else in the genre. As anything in the genre. He reviewed the fucking movie twice. How is that possible? And number two, how is that allowed? This is Rotten Tomatoes. You know, they've already got enough shit going on. All right, and there's one more review, too. Uh, let me check here. Let me just scroll down. Stephen Himes of Film Snobs. Original score, four out of five. So four... Four people reviewed this movie. Four critics reviewed this movie, which makes basically gives it a hundred. So basically, this movie, according to its reviewer, according to its critic reviews, has a hundred on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, that that's higher than any Christopher Nolan movie, higher than any Aliens movie, any James Cameron movie, any fucking Shakespeare movie. Any uh, 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 Martin Scorsese movie, that technically means that this movie has a 100 on Rotten Tomatoes. And th- and it's higher than any Marvel comic movie. And it's got a 70 from the audience. Uh, okay, I don't know what to say about that. Let's see what the audience said. Moore followed up with Dolomite with, his hilari- with this hilarious sequel. See, I never saw the original, but I did see The Human Tornado. More follow up with this with uh, Dolomite with this hilarious sequel from the opening credits featuring our hero performing dance moves in a variety of wild pimp outfits. You know this is going to be a riot. I'm no fan of martial arts, but the fight scenes in this area are over the top. But okay, Jesus Christ, what am what fucking world am I living in here? Okay, uh, let's see that what guy that fucking idiot uh, the movie waffler gave it three and a half stars. Cassandra Maples super reviewer gave it. Four and a half stars. Dolomite, you heard me. That's right. He's back and meaner than ever as the human tornado. Doesn't have anything on the original Dolomite, although I don't really see how this is a sequel. Huh? Whatever. You gave it... Okay. It's not as good as the sequel. Okay. It's not as good as the original, but you gave it four and a half stars. So you're telling me that Dolomite, the original, is a five-star movie. What the fuck are you smoking? Or injecting? Daniel Heddix, super reviewer, three and a half stars. At some point halfway through this movie, you get rewarded for sitting through the first half, apart from Rudy Remore jumping naked down a hill. All right, that part was kind of funny, I have to admit. <laughs> uh, finally, Dolomite character moves out of a standard poor grade black exploitation into a wonderfully cheesy poor, uh, just whatever. And then finally, one person, Brett Warren, who has some fucking sense in him. He, Brett Warren, thank you. 
Tweet me at positive underscore at POS sarcasm. One star. He thinks he's bad and ain't got no class. I'm going to rock this shotgun up his motherfucking ass. That's a quote from the movie, dude. That's a quote from the movie. Okay. There's a scene. There's many of them. This movie is so bad it's good. No, this movie is just fucking bad, okay? The problem is this movie, these black exploitation movies were supposed to be cheesy and and but cheesy in a good way. They were designed to be that way. So for example, Blackula or Disco Godfather, okay, were I think better movies, okay? They were a little more set up. They they they, they just were better. This movie was bad, had bad takes, there were weird scenes, the acting was shitty, there was just a lot of bad in this movie, okay, and it just, yeah. But there's a scene after, this guy, where the movie Waffler mentions where Rudy Ray Moore is falling naked down a hill, alright, that's the scene after, so he's in the, <laughs> you, <laughs> this fucking movie is so, I can't really f- describe it to you. Hold on. I'll give you this, this, the synopsis through IMDb. The synopsis. Directed by Cliff Rockamore. Um, a flabby black comedian defends his community from attacks by stereotyped whites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not right. Okay, so there you go. There's the synopsis. So in the movie, he's on this like hill mansion. And apparently, he's banging the sheriff's white wife. Obviously, white wife. So, okay. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. So, he's a black guy. And obviously, the sheriff is probably a racist. So, he's banging his wife. The um, sheriff barges in on both of them. Shoots the wife. And then Rudy Ray Moore, completely naked, goes running out the window, jumps out the window, and then from a distance, you just see him rolling down the hill, completely nude. And Rudy Ray Moore only has one outfit in this whole movie. One. It's like this 70s jumpsuit thing with this fucking weird hat uh, that only black people can get away with wearing. Or he looks like an Irish peddler from the 1920s. Those kids from Newsies. Um, So he rolls down the hill. Uh, it's like, whew, okay. Uh, he rolls down the hill. His buddies pick him up, and he they give him a shotgun. <laughs> this movie is a fucking bl- a drunken blur. I remember that. I've seen it like two or three times, and uh, I have PTSD from it. So they're do they're chasing down some other freaking dudes, and Rudy Ray Moore before he shoots his shotgun and blows up this car. He says the phrase, ah, he thinks he's bad and ain't got no class. I'm going to rock this shotgun up his motherfucking ass. Pulls the trigger, shoots the car, car explodes. Okay? Now, throughout the whole movie, Rudy Ray Moore is rhyming all of his, all of his words. That's all he does is rhyme. I don't know why. I didn't see the original. Not sure what the rhyming's about, but he does it. Now, the rhyming's funny. 
Okay, it is fucking funny. I have to admit, there is a lot of comedy in in this movie, but it's because the movie is so bad. A lot like those people who saw like The Room, uh, which was Tommy Wiseau's movie that made him famous. But there's a reason that you know that movie's a cult classic. It's because it's really bad. This movie's no exception. But this movie's actually far worse in many, many ways. And I remember when I was when I first saw this movie, I had like a sleepover with all my buddies. I was think I was like fourteen or some shit. I don't know. And I was we we woke. I woke up. I walked into the living room where they were all eating cereal and watching TV. And it was like Josh Lacasse and Derek Finno and uh, who else was there? But a bunch of other kids from like high school and shit. And they're all watching TV. They're all watching fucking HBO. And it's like early enough where HBO still had like all the weird stuff on, all the early morning movies. And the first thing I see was like a scene from this movie, uh, The Human Tornado. And the cops kick down the door. One cop jumps in. He jumps in in the middle. He's wearing a whole cop outfit, but his hat is backwards. And I just remember when that happened, and because obviously cops don't wear their hats backwards, he jumps in, and not like a baseball hat, but like a cop's hat, wearing it backwards. And when that happened, I just remember all my friends busting out laughing. And it was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen, and I remember that to this day. I have to find it on YouTube because it just it'll kill me. And then I remember I'm like I have to see this movie, like I have to watch it from beginning to end. So I went and bought it. It's probably the most expensive movie I've ever purchased. I think I spent like thirty dollars on DVD to buy this movie. I don't even I forget who has it. Oh, I gave it to Matthew Beffa. We used to call him the Reverend. He was in college, and I gave him this movie to watch. And he moved to San Francisco. I, I haven't talked to him since like 2008, I think it was, when I went to San Francisco. Um, he has it. And I'll be honest. Usually I want my stuff back. I don't want that movie back. It's fucking terrible. It's what, I mean, it's so bad, you're going to want to watch it. And then you're going to hate me for saying it's so bad, please don't watch it. Because you're going to watch it. And then you're going to be pissed at me for actually telling you that it exists. Okay. It's like fucking Pandora's box. Don't open it. I'm telling you, don't open it. It's a bad movie. It is a very bad movie. So, uh, Human Tornado, the worst movie I've ever seen. There, I got that out of the way. 1976, or according to Rotten Tomatoes, which gave it 100. Okay, so Rotten Tomatoes says it was released in 1984, when in fact it was released in 1976. And Rotten Tomatoes gave it, its critics gave it 100. It has a hundred on. Technically, it has a for out of four critics, it has a hundred on Rotten Tomatoes with a seventy percent viewers liked it. And there you have it. That makes Rotten Tomatoes legit to me. So, Human Tornado, nineteen seventy six. Check it out. One star. <laughs> All right. Um, I do gotta get. I do gotta get at least some of these. Um, articles out of the way so let me dive into them because i've been sitting on them since last week when johnny monotone showed up so let me jump into a couple of these articles and then we can get to this week's movie review and then we can get the fuck out of here because we're like at 43 minutes holy shnikes all right uh let's see general mills this one's fun this is from topclassactionlawsuits.com if you really this is a site everybody needs to visit because i guarantee you a lot of the times 
the products that are up there are things that you've used or services that you've been given or purchased. There's a lot of them on there that you've done because as consumers, we spend so much money on goods and services and you know a lot of times they're bullshit or they're not good for you or they're harmful in some way. Um, so I would totally check this thing out on the daily, okay? I just got to check in the mail for Premier Protein, this shitty protein that I used to buy all the time. I got to check in the mail for 17 bucks. You know, it's it's legit. You really do have to pay attention to this stuff because a lot of this stuff, it, there, it does factor into your life. So keep that in mind. Anyways, it's one of the, it's one of the two reasons that I don't use uh, Old Spice anymore. One of the reasons is because it's just Old Spice antiperspirant is bad for you. And number two, it's owned by uh, the same company that owns Gillette, Procter & Gamble. And uh, they told me uh, that my masculinity is toxic. So they can go fuck themselves. Anyways, class action lawsuit. Check this one. I'm going to read the whole thing. A class action lawsuit claims that the chocolate version of General Mills' popular cereal Cheerios, along with several other varieties, do not contain real cocoa. Dun, dun, dun! I lost my place. Despite labeling that touts the products are made, quote, made with real cocoa. Say, dis-moi. Uh, according to lead plaintiff Oscar Lopez and Ch <laughs> okay, hold on, let me back that up a bit. According to lead plaintiff Oscar Lopez, chocolate Cheerios, Cocoa Puffs, chocolate toast crunch, what that exists, chocolate checks, and other seasonal cereals. Seasonal. What is this fucking Sam Adams Boston Lager? Are actually made with cocoa processed with alkali. Cocoa powder is the, quote, core of chocolate's flavor, and the use of real cocoa powder would be the primary reason for consumers to purchase the chocolate version of a product, Lopez states. According to General Mills' Clax Action lawsuit, cocoa is made from cocoa beans. Cocoa beans. The, bo the, bo bleh. the beans are processed through several stages into cocoa powder, but the cocoa is not all the same quality. Yeah, that's right. There is shitty cocoa out there. Tell your kids. But not all, yeah, but the cocoa is not all the same quality depending upon the remaining fat. These powders can be processed, can be, these powders can be further processed using an alkalization process. Yes, cocoa, good, good cocoa definitely depends on the amount of fat that's in it. Quote, alkalization makes the cocoa powder less acidic through its, through it, and, okay, I'll read that again because I'm not that smart. Actually, yes, I am. Uh, quote. Alkalization makes the cocoa powder less acidic, though it modifies and reduces flavonoids and detracts from the, quote, real cocoa taste, notes the General Mills class action lawsuit. General Mills has tapped into consumer demand for real... Who the fuck is that? Oh, Donald Trump sent me a text. General Mills has tapped into consumer demand for real ingredients by promoting the presence of real cocoa as nearly three-quarters of U.S. consumers find it important to be able to recognize ingredients in the products they buy, the lawsuit states citing a snack food and wholesale bakery article. By using the term, quote, real cocoa, quoco, <laughs> by using the term real cocoa, General Mills is misrepresenting to consumers that the cocoa used has not been treated with alkali, alleges the Cheerios class action lawsuit. No reason, quote, no reasonable consumer would expect that a product promoted as containing real cocoa or 100% real cocoa would also contain 
or be made with alkalis because real is understood to be the ingredient in its most simplified and reduced form. And cocoa, which does not contain alkalis, is readily available, contends the General Mills serial class action lawsuit. Oh boy. Two more paragraphs. The Cheerios class action lawsuit accuses General Mills of deliberately trying to deceive customers, consumers, into thinking their cereals, including chocolate Cheerios, Cocoa Puffs, and other contain the high f- others contain the high fat so-called real cocoa rather than lower quality cocoa treated with alkali. Quote, it is misleading to refer that the co- Yes, this is a real thing. Okay, this is really happening. Somebody really actually did do this. It is misleading, quote, it is misleading to refer to the cocoa as real cocoa because the cocoa was processed with and contained alkali, an unnecessary addition to the cocoa powder and which detracts from the aspect of the cocoa, which is paramount, the chocolatey flavor, states the Chocolate Cheerios class action lawsuit. Oops, hit the thing again. The plaintiff seeks to represent a nationwide class of consumers who purchased any of the General Mills chocolate flavor cereals that are advertised as being made with real cocoa but contained cocoa contained cocoa processed with alkali. Lopez also seeks to represent a New York subclass. The class action lawsuit accuses General Mills of violating state consumer protection laws, fraud, and unjust enrichment. The plaintiff is seeking damages. I'll repeat that. The plaintiff is seeking damages as well as a court order permanently stopping General Mills from touting its cereals as made from real cocoa when they are allegedly not. Lopez and the proposed cl- uh, class are met, represented by Spencer Sheehan of the Sheehan & Associates PC. <sighs> yes, that is correct. A class action lawsuit has been filed against General Mills for, okay, for not having... All real cocoa, 100% real cocoa in their fucking cereals. Okay, first of all, it's cereal. We knew as kids that cereal is bullshit. Cereal from the moment was cre- moment it was created was bullshit. All of it. It's filled with preservatives. It's filled with fucking uh, with processed sugar. Okay? It's filled with all kinds of shitty, shitty shit shit. Alright? It is, it is basically human fucking dog food. That's what cereal is. Cereal is human dog food. It always has been. Unless you got like that sugar puffs and or the not the not the sugar puffs, but like just regular like puffs from back in the day that you would actually add sugar and add milk and add chocolate into. If you as long as you that rice puff cereal that had nothing else in it, I think that was it. I think that was the only actual cereal that you could get you could get that was actually legit. I can't think of anything else that I had as a kid that I knew was actually legit as, as fuck. And still, that was only, that was pure, that was straight carbs. But as a kid, you'd burn that off in 45 minutes. You know, you just go running out of the fucking house. You'd grab your bicycle and go sailing down the street to go play baseball with your friends or some shit. Yeah, you'd burn that stuff right off. But as an adult, if you're eating that stuff, you are fucked. All right? You know damn well that, first of all, yeah, I know, common sense. Yeah, should they be... Stating that they're made with 100% real cocoa? No. Okay. All right. I, I, I get it. it they, it's, it's bullshit. It's like saying your daughter's an angel while she's getting fucking tag teamed two blocks down. Uh, it's not real. We know it's not 100% real cocoa. Yes, they shouldn't be putting it on the label. But you shouldn't be eating fucking cereal, you 35-year-old. Okay, adult office worker. You shouldn't be eating it. 
You shouldn't be eating fucking cinnamon toast crunch for breakfast. You shouldn't be eating chocolate chocolate Cheerios. Part of a balanced nutritionist breakfast. No, it's not. Have you ever looked? Remember that fuck? Remember those fucking commercials? All right. Remember those goddamn commercials? You part of a balanced breakfast. Did you see the fucking breakfast they had there? It was a full bowl of Cheerios with whole milk, which is not bad for you. But uh, like Jay Moore says, you know, when did milk go from being a tasty, nutritious uh, treat as a kid to punching its way out of your asshole as an adult? But you have a whole bowl of cereal with a whole thing of milk, uh, another whole glass of milk, and a fucking whole glass of orange juice, which is like 95 grams of sugar, which has more fucking sugar in it than a, a fucking frappuccino from Starbucks. Okay, that's your balanced breakfast. So you're having basically 400 grams of carbs for breakfast. Uh, good luck to you. All right. If that's your only meal for the entire day, then you're probably okay. Maybe. At the most. I don't know how that's... I don't know how they... I don't think they do that anymore. I hope to Christ that... First of all, I don't watch TV anymore, so I don't see those commercials. But I'm not sure that's part of a balanced breakfast. Okay, they could say that a coffee and a cigarette was part of a balanced breakfast, and it would be the exact same nutritional count, okay? At least you'd be getting your caffeine. So, as an adult, you should know right off the bat that if you're eating pancakes and fucking cereal for breakfast and a whole glass of orange juice, uh, you're doing it wrong. You're doing life wrong, okay? Unless you have this metabolism that was handed to you by the demigods... Uh, then you definitely are eating the wrong shit in the morning and that could set your mood off. If you have a, if you have a fasted morning or you eat certain foods in the morning that are super nutritious for you, then that's one thing. But if you're eating a fucking bowl of cereal and then just running out of the house, you obviously need to work on your schedule of life because you're doing things wrong. But at the end of the day, will I be signing up for this General Mills cereal thing? Well, I technically can't say anything, but if you want to sign up for it, and it actually, a lot of the times these companies actually will settle. A lot of these stupid little lawsuits, rather than going to court and trying to fight their way out of it, because chances are, if they are saying that this is wrong and and they actually are wrong, then there's no reason to just stay in court. They'll just say, they'll admit no wrongdoing, they'll change their labels after six months, and they'll pay out, like, I don't know, a couple million dollars. And then you don't necessarily, because it's such a small product, you know, it's not like you bought a Ford Focus that explodes. It's a box of cereal that costs you $4. So they'll just basically say, okay, you can claim that you bought four or five boxes, and you don't have to give us a proof of uh, a proof of purchase, and then they'll just send you a check for the uh, for the leftover amount, depending upon how many people actually cl- made claims uh, with proof of purchase and without proof of purchase, and then whatever dividends are left over per per claim, they'll send you a check for like I don't know four dollars, twenty dollars, but that's about it. But if you're doing if you're filing like a bunch of these claims a year with, with different products that you most likely have purchased, you'll get like, you know, every month you'll get like a check in the mail for like, you know, 10 to 15 bucks. And you know, that can add up. That can be your Netflix bill. That can be your Pandora bill. And let's face it, at the end of the day, a lot of these products you did purchase. So jump on board and yeah, absolutely. They should be, they shouldn't be saying that it's not real cocoa, but at the end of the day, you should know that you're not you shouldn't be eating this shit. It's fucking cereal, dude. It's filled with preservatives. It's filled with this chemical sugar. It's garbage. 
It's shit. Okay? You're way better you're way better off with all kinds of other things that you should be putting in your diet. And there is an article that's re- attached to it that I think um did I bring it up? Let's see. I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff that you are eating can be uh, disruptive to your endocrine system, which monitors blood sugar levels, which will uh which can promote or inhibit your testosterone. Uh it could have other chemicals in it such as like BPA. And it can all cause you all kinds of problems. And if you're a type 2 diabetic or type di- one, type 1 diabetic, it's not going to make that any easier. If you're trying to lean out and looks, you know, and things like that, eating fucking cereal in the morning is not going to help you either. It's just a big bowl of carbs. It really is. Okay. It's not the right, it's not the really the right way to start your day. You'd have to prove me otherwise. Okay. So at the end, at, really. This lawsuit is sort of like, yeah, no shit, but at the end of the day, you shouldn't be eating this stuff anyways, because every time you go and pick up a box, for whether you're for yourself or for your kids, you're promoting it. So, fuck them, but if you're eating it, fuck you. And that's what I have to say about that. We're at 56 minutes, alright, so I'm gonna go ahead and skip the Rogue Rocket news site. Actually, Rogue Rocket is a company, it, it, Rogue Rocket is a news organization that's gonna be debuting very soon. It's by my boy, Philip DeFranco. I've been looking for, because I don't look at CNN, I don't look at Fox News, but I do want a actual news website that I can go to, because I can't rely on Twitter. Rogue Rocket is designed is being designed by Philip DeFranco and his team. That's going to be launching soon. So if you guys want to go and get some really cool news articles and stuff, roguerocket.com is going to be launching very soon. If you want to find out more about Philip DeFranco, go to youtube.com and look up and just and type in search key Philip DeFranco, and you can look through all of his stuff. He is by far, I think, the most accurate news person out there okay just just check them out just give it a week's worth i think you'll like it but roguerocket.com is going to be coming out very very soon by philip defranco you can tweet him at philly d too anyways uh yeah so we're gonna skip past peanut allergies we're gonna we got we covered worst movie we ever saw drones on the farm dirty dozen endocrines we covered cafe bustella what's gonna finish we'll just finish up with also if you want to tweet me or if you want to you can hit me up on all social media if you have questions if you have questions during the live stream you can hit me up on facebook.com slash positive sarcasm or you can hit me up at the live stream twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one and you can ask me questions or greet me or yell at me there uh, if you yell at me right away i'll probably block you but you know but generally i'll say hi to everybody um anywho we're gonna finish up here we're at 57 minutes 58 58 minutes oh my god we're gonna finish up with skyscraper Okay, I tweeted this right away. I if you guys have been watching my my Instagram, my Facebook timeline, I don't post a lot, but when I I generally do post when I'm either a getting ready to go to go live on the podcast and b when I actually post the podcast and a c a b and c yeah that's right when I post a movie review and the latest one is uh 2018's that's human tornado 2018 skyscraper action suspense thriller adventure starring Dwayne Johnson the rock okay synopsis a security expert must infiltrate a burning skyscraper 225 stories above ground when his family is trapped inside by criminals his family first of all Nev Campbell good call I haven't seen her since like what scream or wild things or something I haven't seen her since that kudos to them for getting for dropping Nev Campbell in the wifey role with fucking Dwayne Johnson. Good call. She was great. I loved her. Um, Hold on. Mm. I had to get a sip of coffee. Anyways. This is directed by 
Ross and Marshall Thurber. And so in the movie also, there was a little bit of hubbub about this movie. There was some, quote, backlash by some fucktards on Twitter about him having uh, – he lost his leg in a uh, FBI incident where a guy blew, him, blew himself and his kid up. So he's got a metal leg in the movie and whatever. Fuck the people who had a problem with this. So there's a running joke in this movie about duct tape and there – okay, there's one thing I need to call bullshit on in this movie. All right. In order for him to get up, there's a fire that breaks out on like floor 96 or whatever. And his family's on like a couple floors above that. So they're trying to, you know, escape the fire and blah, blah, blah. This movie is about a skyscraper that's like 220 stories up. 200 stories. This thing, it's the tallest building in the world. It doubles the size of the Burj Khalifa, which is uh, Burj Khalifa is uh, a structure in uh, Dubai. It's freaking huge. You can look it up. Burj Khalifa. Is it the Burj Khalifa? I think so. Google it. And this one's called The Pearl. This building is called The Pearl. It's in Shanghai or Singapore. One of the two. Bangkok. One of those things. Anyways. Um, so the fire breaks out. And the only way he can get into the building. You have to watch the plot to figure it out. He has to climb up the crane. The crane is about 90. About 100 stories up. Can't take the elevator because the elevator is locked in the crane. So in a matter of... Uh, Two or three movie minutes. He's able to climb on the outside over 96 stories. Just climb it. I call bullshit. You, there are people who can't even walk 96 stories. Walk it. Go up the stairs. In order, it, you know how many minutes it takes you to walk up 96 stories? He fucking climbs it. He has to, first of all, he runs from the cops to the freaking building and then climbs up 96 floors in the wind. First of all, by the time you get up to like a hundred floors, it gets really fucking windy up there and it, things start to sway. If you ever notice when you're in New York, buildings actually sway. It's pretty cool. It's kind of scary, but it's actually pretty cool. So he does that and then proceeds to, that's the one part where I call there's I'm sure there's other parts in the movie that you could definitely call bullshit on, but he climbs number first of all, he climbs 96 floors and then he runs and jumps into the building from the crane to like a broken window. Kind of cool, but definitely the climb up I call bullshit on. But this movie has very is a very it's in the way that the action is built, it has a very 80s style like the original Die Hard type of throwback feel to it. I think this movie did not do well on like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that. But first of all, Rotten Tomatoes, I got a huge problem with Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think they're honest. I think their their critics are bullshit. Um, their audience is bullshit. They're skewing movie review. They're skewing views, and that's why they're getting trolled. They got trolled for Captain Marvel, so I'm all set with with Rotten Tomatoes. They can go fuck themselves. I don't even know where to really get my movie reviews anymore. I don't know. I really don't. But this one, I, I ignored all reviews because Dwayne Johnson was in it. Normally, if Dwayne Johnson's in a movie and it hit theaters, it's a good movie. Walking Tall, uh, 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 Something Dog, um, pretty much anything. Except unless it was The Tooth Fairy, I, I'm in it. This movie was a blast to watch. It was funny. It was action-packed. It was thrilling. It had great movement from the very be- uh, right after the beginning. 
he he was smart, articulate in the movie as Dwayne Johnson always is. I loved the addition of Nev Campbell. I I don't know why. I'm just like Nev Campbell. I just I saw Nev Campbell and I went, "Good call. Good call." So the terrorists take over the the friggin the terrorists take over the building. They, you know, they they capture the wife and kids. He goes in there, tries to fuck shit up, and you know, they try to take his girl. Pretty predictable stuff, but the action sequences, the humor was properly placed a lot like a more beefed up, cleaned up version of the original Die Hard, which was a takeover, of course, of the Nakatomi building, the fictionally called Nakatomi building in Los An- in the business district of Los Angeles, or the financial district, excuse me. Very well executed, properly directed, great flow overall the movie, perfectly timed, a lot of fun, and I, if I would have saw this in theaters, I would have loved it even more. And there were tense moments in the movie where you were actually like, you were tense. The special effects were great, the building was awesome to look at. And there was a lot of likable characters, including the people that played the uh, the, sh- the cops in Shanghai, um, the stern-looking, Asian-looking detective. He was cool, too. So there was a lot of the proto- you know prototypical characters in the movie that you would have in this movie, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly. This movie, I actually tweeted that this movie was fucking awesome. And maybe if I watch it again, I might pull back on that a little bit, but I'd rather not. My first experience on a on a on, on a non large screen movie on this movie, not seeing it on the big screen, I thoroughly enjoyed it from beginning to end, except for that bullshit scene where he climbed ninety six floors. I immediately identified and they go, "Dude, who the fuck are you kidding? That's actually not happening." But I love this movie so much. I had such a blast watching it. I hope it did really well in the box office. It was thoroughly deserved. It doesn't need. And you know what's great about this? It doesn't need a sequel. One and done. You're perfect on it. Um. If there was a spinoff, okay, but there's plenty of Dwayne Johnson out there. You don't need a sequel to this movie. Like, Skyscraper 2, Electric Boogaloo. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Skyscraper 2018 action. Uh, I gave it, you know, I run a five-star system. I gave it four stars. I thought for an action thriller, it was really good. I loved the casting, the uh, CGI and special effects. The, the basic, the building was, the building was a character in itself and I loved it and the humor was great. I got a couple laughs out of it. There was good tension. I mean, if you want to watch a good action movie, this is a good action movie. Um, it's not gruesome or any way, but it's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun to watch. It definitely is, uh, it, it's, it's definitely dude bait. So a dude's got to, if you're a dude, you got to watch this movie. Crank up the sound system. Get the popcorn and duct tape ready, man. Four out of five stars. Skyscraper 2018 action. Dwayne Johnson, keep on pumping those steroids, bro, because you're fucking making some killer-ass movies right now. Anyways, uh, coming up on hour six, I think we're going to close up shop. Uh, I talked about the Scoville email from Badia's or Badia's. I talked about the General Mills Cocoa Puffs lawsuit. Rogue Rocket, go check out that site when it's when it's live. Uh, search, uh, go to YouTube, type in Philip DeFranco. Uh, the worst movie I ever saw, The Human Tornado by Rudy Ray Moore. There's so much more I can say about that movie, but it's fucking terrible. I don't know how it got 100 on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, we talked about Cafe Bustelo versus Cafe Caribe. And, of course, Skyscraper, 2018 action movie starring... Dwayne Johnson and Nev Campbell. Love it. Love it. Love it.
totally watch it. Uh, so if you want to hit me up on Twitter at POS sarcasm, if you want to, uh, at P yeah, Twitter at POS sarcasm, facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. You can uh, find me on minds, minds.com. You can put me positive sarcasm there. If you want to email me directly, positive sarcasm at outlook.com at outlook.com. Instagram, Instagram at P uh, positive underscore sarcasm. You can go to positive sarcasm.com. If you need posing music, if you have questions, comments, concerns, if you want to donate to this, uh, to this whole thing. Okay. Privately funded uh, company. Posi- you just go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Hit the donate button there. Any amount is appreciated. Any amount. I thoroughly thank you guys for watching, listening, subscribing. Find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Google Play Music, or you can download it directly and stream it directly from positivesarcasm.com. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, you have something to say, you can hit me up. You can contact me at positivesarcasm at outlook.com or you can slide into those DMs. You know what I'm saying? And you can let me know if you want to be a guest on the podcast and maybe you got something to say and maybe it's worth airing and editing. I got extra. I got a, I got a mic right across from me. You can sit right down and we can chew the fat. Maybe you got something to say. If it's good, we'll throw it up on the episode and we'll make it happen. But I thank you guys for listening, watching, subscribing. Tune in next week. You'll find this uh, uh, subscribers are up a little bit. So thank you guys. I will hopefully talk to you next week. And uh, I guess that'll do it. I'm going to finish my coffee. Remember, Badia.com for all your spices. But uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Anyways. All right. We're done here. We're at an hour and eight. I will talk to you guys all next week. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation.